Welcome to the IBJJF podcast, the official podcast of the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Tune in to hear interviews with the top coaches and athletes in the sport, as well as breakdowns and analysis of the biggest events. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hello everyone, my name is Danny and my guest today is Gabriel Argis. Gabriel is a multiple time world champion. He's also won the Pans and the Europeans and it was just announced that he's going to be part of the IBJJF Flow Grappling Medium Heavy GP, which is going to be on August 12th. We're all super psyched about that. So Gabriel, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks Danny for inviting me um, to the podcast. It'll be nice to chat about um, the competition and all the other subjects we're going to talk about. Too. So thanks for having me. I can't wait. Yeah. And so to kick things off, I thought we'd talk about what you've been up to lately because you won your last world title in 2019. Then we had the pandemic. We went through th- some things. And I know you've been working on a lot of projects. So do you want to fill people in on what you've been up to the past couple of years? Yeah. So uh, the last time I competed in IBJJF was the 2019 Worlds, you know, like right before the, uh, the pandemic. And then, uh, then I did some super fights between uh, there and now, but not very active like I used to be for sure. Just working on uh, on some other projects too. I opened my second gym here in California, and um, and also uh, some other injuries. The the reason I didn't compete worlds this year was just like to make sure my body was a hundred percent back physically to to be competing again. Uh, I feel like I'm there now, so that's the reason why I. I Super excited to to do the to do the pro league, uh, the Grand Prix now. So I was more like working on some personal uh, goals that I had uh, in my life, and 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 I feel like I achieved some of those, and I'm ready to dedicate more time to, to the competition. You know, I just to the level there it is now. I it, you you want to make sure you you at least dedicate a training camp to to a fight, and and, and I'm at that point now. So I'm excited to to be back to. And you mentioned that you opened your second academy. How's that been being an academy owner? You spent so much time dedicated just to competition and to being the best competitor you can be. How is it now that you have your academies? It's really good. It was definitely much easier after the, the second one than it was my first one. 2018 was when I first opened my uh, this location here that I'm at in Thousand Oaks. And that was difficult because like, it was kind of like one-man show and, and it was... I basically did no training uh, to my tournaments that year, so it was it was tough, you know. But after you have your first school win and you have a you have more people helping and you have a bigger staff, it gets easier to to do the second one, and it's super cool. Uh, 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 I love the the both schools. I love training in both of them. We have great communities, great people in it, so um, very fulfilling to have that going uh, as well. So it's a it's, it's a good thing. That's amazing. And someone who's been a big influence in your career is uh, IBJJF Hall of Famer, Hamilo Bahal. He had obviously an amazing competition career, won a bunch of world titles, and he also had a really successful academy and produced a bunch of champions. Did he have a pretty big impact on, on your transition from, not that you're done competing, but from being able to balance the competition with the, the instruction at the academy? For sure, yeah. Well, Hamilo was... Um... At the same time that he opened his school, he was obviously growing his school and competing in the in the high level too. And also, it was a uh, it was it was good to see not not only what he um, 
what he did, you know, like teaching and competing, but what his wife helped uh, doing in the school too. She she runs a lot of the the stuff. Uh, basically, she runs the gym too on the on the business side of it, you know. So I learned a lot from her. And when I opened my own school, I I was I was I kind of had an idea on everything I needed to do on office stuff, business stuff. So um, it was definitely a huge help learning from her on the business side and, and obviously like learning from home alone and how to compete, how to train, how to prepare your mindset, uh, as well as like teaching uh, too. So now that you have your academies and you're getting back into competition, how have your goals changed? Because I'm sure before you had, most of your goals were competition focused, but now you have the balance of your business and your competition career. How have your goals kind of updated and changed since you've opened your academies? Uh, it's just like more goals, you know, <laughs> like yeah. up until like winning black belt worlds, my, my number one goal, not only number one is the only goal I had was to win world titles, uh, try to be the best in the world, you know, and, and it's always going to be like that when I compete, I want to be the best, you know, but, uh, that's definitely not the only thing that, that I have going on in my life, you know, so in the personal, my personal life, I have other things going on too. And um, and it's good. Like once you build that mindset that you like for you to win an IBJJF world title, uh, you really need to be so sharp and 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 so mentally strong. You know, it really prepares you to accomplish anything in life. You know, so it's pretty much what I'm doing too on on my my personal life. That's amazing. And I know you were at the 2022 Worlds. Those just wrapped up about a month ago. So what was your impression of the level at the Worlds this year? And and how did you feel that the game's kind of evolved since since 2019. Uh, yeah, it evolved uh, evolved a little bit for sure, and and not only that, I think the uh, usually it's like a slow, gradual uh, new um, new wave of competitors, you know. And I feel like we got all that wave at once from uh, from the guys that would have been, you know, 2020 purple belts or brown belts, and and everybody got the level of the black belt um, kind of together. Um, after pandemic you know so they're bringing new new pace to the game which is great uh they're bringing new techniques too and then um yeah it's it's definitely evolving year by year so i mentioned in the intro that you're going to be part of the ibjjf flow grappling medium heavy grand prix it's a great lineup you got yourself leandro Lowe, you got matias luna and ronaldo jr which is some of the best competitors in the world right now in that weight category how did you feel when you got the invite to compete? And what do you think about the field of competitors that you're going to be going up against? It was cool. You know, like I was at the, I was at IBJF Worlds, you know, training most of the guys that they were there that was helping, you know, uh, coach on the event. Uh, so I was already training a lot. You know, I just had one specific injury that, um, that I wasn't comfortable competing yet, but I did some treatment on it. And then Every time world's about to happen, whether I'm prepared or not, like I'm debating putting my name until the last minute, you know. So that's kind of how it was. I was uh, I was training with everybody, feeling uh, good, but that that injury, I still needed to uh, needed some time to to take care of it, you know. But I, I remember talking to you and the the guys from IBJJF, you know, and then the probably the other hundreds of people asking for my <laughs> I'm retired or not. I was like, no, I'm not. Like, just, you know, give me a month. And if you guys are doing IBJF Pro League, invite me. Uh, and then I was telling other other guys that I was ready to be uh, on super fights and other things like that. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how 
how it was. I felt like right there watching the tournament, the tournament too. Like I always have the itch a little bit to be to be a part of it, you know. And and I made sure to talk to you guys too. I was like, look, I know this pro leagues are gonna happen or the 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 Grand Prix. You guys invite me, I'll be in. So um, here we are. Do you have any thoughts on some of the opponents that are going to be in the four-man Grand Prix with you? Man, they're all top. It doesn't get much higher level than that, right? Like Ronaldo, uh, he's the top of the top of middleweight, fought him before. Uh, and then he's a super technical guy and very high-paced athlete, you know. Uh, Leandro Loy goes without without saying, too. He's just a all-time legend, you know, one of the the greatest, uh, one of the greatest to ever do it in IBGF for sure. One of the greatest competitors. I also faced him a few times, um, and looking forward to possibly face him too. And I think the other guy, it uh, might be Luna, right? So a guy that the only guy that I haven't competed against yet, but also super uh, competitor savvy. So uh, be awesome to face all of those guys for sure. You talked a bit about your matches with Leandro Lowe. You had a couple really close, really great matches with him. He had a great performance at the Worlds this year. Is that a potential matchup that you'd particularly be looking forward to? Absolutely, yeah. Leandro is, man, like he's one of the guys that I watch compete and I always try to emulate, try to try to be a little bit of the competitor he he is, you know. And, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty interesting match when we first faced each other. It was my first year black belt. We like I don't think he I think people hadn't scored points in him and maybe like a couple of years or something he was like prime Leandro Lo and still in the prime now you know like we just won worlds but uh like being able to score score first on him and I think we're like switching uh sweeps back and forth so it was a pretty interesting match to watch it was a pretty uh nice fight and um and then yeah it will be awesome to. To face him again if we end up uh fighting each other because not only he's a legend and he's a great jiu-jitsu great competitor always a super uh tough guy to beat so um looking forward to that challenge too i believe the last time you fought him was 2018 and then you fought him before that in 2016 so it's been a couple years yep. and one thing that's really impressive about your jiu-jitsu is that every tournament it seems like you bring new stuff to the table you're you're always a different gabriel largest you never see the same the same competitor from tournament to tournament. So are there a lot of things that you've been working on the past couple of years, even though you've been focused on your schools in terms of your own training that you think you're going to be able to bring to the Grand Prix? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's always new stuff you, can, you need to put into your game. You know, I, um, in the Gi, uh, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of new drills too, uh, a lot of trying to like um, replicate a little bit of what's going on in the tournaments, in drilling. I, I'm always working on my wrestling and, 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 and judo, you know, because um, I feel like that those are areas that I, I can improve a lot, you know. Uh, on the ground, I've been training a lot, so it's like little adjustments here and there, fast and, and, and guard. Uh, but wrestling is like all this time that I, even when I'm not competing, it's one thing as a martial artist, I'm always trying to improve because it makes a huge uh, difference in your game. Uh, the wrestling is more like, how to like win scrambles and then like by i think by training a lot of wrestling uh uh i i made my scrambles much better throughout the years and and the judo itself is just like the way you grab the gi it, it definitely dictates the the pace of the match uh to from start you know so like 
those are little things I always try to work on. Uh, little judo and, 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 and wrestling to, to add up to my game and obviously some adjustments on the ground as well. I think people know you as having such an amazing guard, obviously of great passing too, but how has the how long have you been doing the judo and wrestling for? That's really interesting that that's a big part of your training now. Uh, judo is like more recently, you know, like I had uh, Jason Hunt here. He's like my judo coach and, uh, and he's a great passing coach for me too. Uh, so like those drills with him, uh, or like I'm getting back to it uh, more recently, you know. But wrestling, I'm always uh, I'm always training with the MMA guys. You know, I love training with them because they they bring a completely different uh, perspective in training and you know, all the intensity and how they are they're able to resist the takedown. So like when you when you're able to outscramble like those guys, you know, like you know we're ready to to outscramble anyone in, in jiu-jitsu, you know, because they're used to like do all of the the, the wrestling base scramble with uh, a lot of other stuff and a lot of uh, just a different intensity on it too. So the wrestling is a constantly thing that that I'm training. not necessarily just a wrestling practice, but training with those guys. Uh, basically, being stubborn and trying to stand with those guys mm-hmm. it makes me improve my wrestling a lot for sure. I was just training the last week with the guy that won silver at Greco Roman Olympic. Uh, and then I, I train with like Olympic medalists too, like all all of uh, GB Tarzana too. So like, and those guys from Kings MMA, obviously Benny Dairouche, Marvin Vittori, all of those guys, they they help me a lot to my rest. Yeah, you mentioned Benil Dariush and Marvin Vittori. Those are some really high level UFC fighters. Are those guys that you've been training with for quite a while now? Yeah, for quite a while. You know, last week uh, I trained with Benny. I haven't trained with Marvin in a minute. I think he was in Italy a little bit, and then he just got back. So but we always talk with each other to try to get back on it. Uh, right now, probably putting a hold uh, leading up to this gi fight. But um, I want to do some no-gi events. If not fans, no-gi. Uh, maybe Worlds, no-gi, IBJJF. So uh, definitely going to be back training with them, uh, both at, at Gracie Baja and maybe even at Kings, too. They have some wrestling practice that they're, uh, they're very helpful for my, for my game. That's amazing. Well, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and get some advice from you for from some for some young competitors. There's a lot of kids nowadays who came up, went through all the colored belts, all the kids belts, and now they're maybe blue or purple belts and they want to win worlds, they want to have their own academies and kind of have a career like yours. So, what would you give what kind of advice would you give to someone who's in that position who's looking to to have a really successful career in jiu-jitsu? Man, I think they they got to use the the you know, the the outlets that IBJJF gives, you know, it gives so much notoriety, you know. So uh, when you win, when you win tournaments with IBJJF across the world, you have the opportunity to teach seminars, and and then from there, I just I think financially you need to be smart and not spend your money with dumb stuff, you know. <laughs> Try to save as much as possible so you can be in a position to invest in yourself if you need to um, to compete somewhere else, or invest in yourself to be uh, able to to open your gym one day because uh, IBJJF will provide you this notoriety, you know, for you to possibly migrate to the States and be, you know, like open your, your own school one day. So just take advantage when you're, when you're at the top and try to, you know, be smart with your financials, I would say, because I see a lot of young, uh, young guys being pretty dumb when it comes to that, you know, like spending money with wrong stuff and, and then, uh, and then, you have such a short career as an athlete to make money out of it. So like I would just try to be smart and set your, your future up for uh, 
for a better future, you know. So if you save your money and and being smart and try to live within your means and 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 when you're in position to open your own academy or have other investments, you're in a good spot, you know. That's great advice. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. We can't wait to watch you in the Grand Prix, and we wish you all the best with with your academies. Is there anything else you'd like to to say or anyone you'd like to thank before we wrap it up? No, that's it. I just want to uh, thank my teammates for helping me train. I was helping them a lot throughout the year to get ready for Worlds and the other tournaments, so they're helping me a lot now. So everyone that's been coming to, you know, Jersey Baja Thousand Oaks, Jersey Baja Ventura, the competition training, been a huge help. And, um, yeah, that's it. My, uh, my supplements, you know, I, it's not like really a sponsor, but they've been helping me for so many years with the best implementation possible, which was uh, Dafe and my team, Gracie Baja, and that's it. Looking forward to compete next month. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Gabriel, for your time. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IBJJF podcast. Be sure to head over to IBJJF.com for the latest news and events from the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you.